Welcome to the Gentleman's Guide to the World Below. This video is a continuation of the series we have been uh, running already regarding the StoryPath Ultra system and how it works in the World Below game. We've already covered how dice pools work, we've touched upon tricks. I've had a few requests to go through combat beat by beat. So that is what we're going to do now. We're going to talk about combat in depth. And I think it's valuable to do so because, I, speaking for myself, as a story guide, perpetual GM, if you will, combat is my least favourite part of the vast majority of role-playing games. I find it gets bogged down, I find it gets slow, I find it gets boring, especially when all you're doing is hitting to deal damage. Now we try to get around that in Story Path Ultra, and I think we do it well, by making combat a more interesting proposition. I'm going to posit a scenario, and I will take you through a few uh, steps of combat to give you an example of how combat can be made interesting in this game. So, our heroes, Zions, our Hunter, Templar, and Luck, our Hobgob Silhouette, they are fleeing through jagged, winding tunnels. Uh, they're trying to get away. They're on the Iron Strat and they're trying to get away from a goo hack. A goo hack is a kind of devolved humanoid turned cannibal creature that derives power from consuming other individuals. Whether they were cursed to become this way or whether they chose this path, Guhak are very unpleasant and are very, very good trackers and hunters. So this thing has been on their tail for a long time. Zions and Luck, in their desperation, do not check the fragility of the floor where they are. It's loose rocks, they fall through, they end up in a cavern riddled with fungi. Small, large, iridescent in colour, luminescent as well. Luck lands about three metres above the ground on a, an enormous mushroom cap. Zions, however, is less fortunate, crashes down to the cavern floor. Luckily, it is a soft cavern floor, lots of moss, lots of lichen, and so he takes no damage from the descent and impact. Unfortunately, however, his impact does wake up the creature that's lurking amid all of this plant life. A fungal undead. This fungal undead extracts itself from the uh, fungi and assorted matter that's been binding it here and lunges for Zions. We are in combat. And now I'm not going to give you combat in a white room example. I find white room combat situations quite boring to explain and also unrealistic. I think combat as a general rule should take place using the environment, whether it's to incorporate cover, whether it's to incorporate things like height, distance, and I think you can do this in Story Path Ultra very easily, very well. So to set the scene. Zions and a fungal undead are about to get into close quarters combat on the ground. Luck is a few meters higher. And a few meters above Luck, our Guhak is about to jump down into this cave as well, just to complicate things even further. Every single character here gets to roll for initiative. So player characters can choose typically the highest of their dice pools between empathy plus dexterity or athletics plus cunning. You roll those dice pools and any 8s and 9s are hits, any 10s are 2 hits. The higher the result or higher number of hits you get, the better your initiative is going to be. Nice and simple, pretty standard for any other role playing game too. 
our antagonists, they have a flat initiative rating that is in their stat blocks. So this will be their dice pool. I will roll those as well. So let's see how our characters perform when it comes to initiative. Okay, so uh, Zions is currently on a 3. And Luck is on a 4, so that's good. Our Goo Hack is on a 2. And our Fungal Undead is also on a 3. Now, in many role-playing games, this would then work in descending order. You would start with Luck, who got 4, and work your way down to the Goo Hack. But in Story Path Ultra, initiative doesn't quite work like that. Yes, the fastest person can go first. Ultimately, they can choose to defer if they want to, but typically they will go first, and then they choose who follows them. And the person who follows them chooses who goes next. Now, you may think, well, player characters will always go first in a combat round because, after all, they want to get all their hits in early. But there are some abilities, some reasons you may wish to react to what someone else does. After all, you may not, be what, you may not want to be the one who fires first, you may wish to seek a peaceful resolution to a conflict. That is quite possible, and I think especially the case in a Story Path Ultra game where narrative, where dialogue, where influence and things like that is as valid a means of, uh, well, handling tense situations as hitting people with a big stick. Nevertheless, luck goes first. And luck, surveying the situation, may be asking me, the story guide, so what is the situation here? Well, you're in a roughly cylindrical cavern. There's some alcoves here and there. Fungi are all over the damn place. So there's large and small. Some of them may be toxic. Uh, the fungal undead in the cavern floor is now lunging for your companion's irons, and you can see the shadow of the goo hack above you. So, luck makes a decision. Confident that Zions is going to be able to handle the fungal undead himself, he is a stalwart warrior after all, Luck decides he's going to go for the goo hack. Now he could use a sorcery, but in this case he's going to aim with his throwing dagger. Uh, so we're going to roll a ranged combat roll here to see how well, and he's got a good dice pool when uh, I add his ranged combat, in this case to his might, see for accuracy. Let's see how he does in hitting the goo hack. Okay, that is very, very nice. He ends up with five hits. So, what do these five hits tell us? A goo hack has a defense of one. It's on their trait block. So, one of these hits bypasses the defense and does one damage if... Uh, luck chooses. So you don't have to deal damage if you don't want to. You can just reserve everything for hits. Uh, for tricks, I should say. We do want to do damage to this goo hack, so throws the dagger, and it collides with our goo hack, bypasses the defense, will definitely deal one damage. Now, I've still got four hits remaining. What do I wish to do with these? Well, I mentioned tricks in the previous video, but let's talk about some of the tricks that Luck might want to go for here. For instance, for two hits on a ranged attack, I can buy the trip effect, which is going to knock the goo hack prone. This is a very useful ability when used against the goo hack, as I think we will shortly see. So luck is going to exactly do that. Let's say the dagger hits the goo hack just below the knee. That's enough to make anyone buckle. So the goo hack drops prone. 
what about these other two uh, hits? What can I use them for? Well, I'm also, then, in that case, let's have a look at some of our options here. And universal combat tricks, distraction. That's a good one. The blow is going to impose a plus one difficulty on any ranged combat or athletic actions that the goo hack decides to make because his eyes, his attention is purely at this point on luck. So I think that makes sense. We've got one more uh, to spend and I think we will spend that last one on, let's see, um, another one hit trick. Uh, I think what we will do in this case is pin down. Pin down uh, applies a complication of varying value depending on how many hits you put into this, uh, one to three, uh, on the person you're attacking's next attack because essentially they have been driven back, pinned down, in this case let's say pinned to the rocks. So. That's four hits that have been used to buy three tricks in total. Two have cost one hit, one cost two hits. And we did one damage to the Goo Hack. So Luck at this point is probably feeling pretty good about himself. He's driven the Goo Hack back a little. And Luck decides, instead of now passing to Zions, if you remember, the initiative order that we rolled put the Goo Hack all the way at the end, but Luck is going to choose for the Goo Hack to go next. Why? Because he thinks he's got the goo hack on the ropes. He thinks this is a good opportunity to really, uh, well, I guess hammer home the debilitation of the goo hack. So, the goo hack's turn comes up. From prone, you can take a reflex of action to stand. But that's all the movement you are allowed when you start the round prone. Now, this is vital in this scene because a goo hack, while being a fantastic tracker being a fantastic hunter, incredibly fast, does not typically possess ranged weapons. Maybe Luck knew this, maybe from interacting with the Goo Hack before. So, by knocking it down and basically saying, well, all you can do on this turn is get up, and you don't have any ranged attacks with which to hit me, yes, you've got some qualities, some antitheses, basically the antagonist version of syntheses and sorceries, none of them are effective at range. And so the Goo Hack stands up, or probably gets moves to a squat and maybe takes some cover. That can all happen because, of course, he is a slightly above where Luck is. But long and the short of it is, the Goo Hack cannot take any meaningful actions beyond getting into an upright position. Now, why is this important and why is this a good example of how combat can play out? Well, when you start thinking of strategy and when you start thinking of tactics and when you start thinking of ways you may actually want to beat an opponent, hitting it over the head until it's dead is not always the best option. Yes, sometimes it is, but not always. Sometimes you just want to debilitate, disable, knock them out until you can get away, or scare them off because they feel they're on the back foot. This is something that happens quite frequently in the world below because... While there are, of course, non-intelligent, feral creatures that will just keep attacking no matter how much damage they've taken, a lot of creatures will, once they've taken damage or been shown to be on the losing side, they will take that as an opportunity to leave. So, luck passed the Goo Hack. The Goo Hack is a little bitter, I've got to be honest, because uh, he didn't get to do anything. So, as a story guide, I'm not going to pass to Zions, I'm going to pass to the Fungal Undead now. So the Fungal Undead, unlike Luck uh, with the Goo Hack, is engaging in close combat with Zions. And once again, I can roll 
my uh, dice pool to hit. This one will be close combat and might. Or, well, it would if it was a player character. In the case of our fungal undead, it would just be a dice pool of six, which is detailed in their trait block. But before I do that, Zions, who is being attacked, gets to decide whether he wishes to make a defensive action. A defense is basically a way of, uh, well, rolling to ensure that you can uh, increase your defense or uh, move away from combat, that kind of thing. You could take a full action and uh, commit it entirely to defense, but you wouldn't be able to do anything else. Every player character gets the option to roll for defense, essentially. And the dice pool that you roll is equal to your stamina rating. Zion's only has a stamina rating of 2, so I will roll 2 dice here, and I achieve 1 hit. So what does that mean for Zion's? Well, just like with anything else, uh, I can buy tricks with my hits. Uh, I currently only have a defense of one as Zion's, so I look for a good defensive trick that might increase that defense. There's dodge. Dodge is a variable uh, trick. It's a very popular one. In other words, if you get one hit, you could uh, increase your defense by one, two hits, increase it by two, all the way up, I think, to three. So, in this case, Zion's expends this hit, increases his defense to two, making it slightly more difficult for the fungal undead to hit him. I should note, Zions is wearing armour, and the Goohack was wearing armour as well, but this was not armour that increased defence, it was armour that increased their health boxes. A crucial difference, because it just means he can take more damage. So now the Fungal Undead is going to roll to hit, and let's see how that Fungal Undead does. The Fungal Undead ends up with four hits. A very good dice roll for the Fungal Undead. Unfortunately, two of those hits are consumed trying to bypass the defense, so that leaves us with two hits. The Fungal Undead, having hit the difficulty, uh, which was two in this case, is able to do one damage to Zions. That it was the objective. But Fungal Undead wants something a little more than just harm. They want to infect people. They want to spread their own special form of fungal <laughs> invasion. And so, I would look at the fungal undead's special abilities. He has qualities and antitheses. This one has a, the quality of spread infection, close combat. So in other words, as I have succeeded on a close combat action, let's say, bitten Zions, I can now convey the infection status effect to Zions. So status effects are ongoing, persistent effects that will have typically debilitative effects on a character. They can be positive as well, but infection clearly isn't. So the fungal undead sinks its teeth into Zions. It only does one damage, but it also confers an infection onto Zions. Now this is where I'm going to uh, come to a close on this little scenario because while we could see how Zions does in retaliation, um, we could of course keep going into the next round and see whether the goo hack does better next time. Or maybe this is a place where our protagonists fail, maybe they flee, maybe they break off from combat, maybe they start using sorceries. And maybe next time we will look at sorceries and how they can be used in combat. But for the time being, I want to just take us through what we've just covered. 
In a combat in the world below, it always makes sense to have your environment in mind. There are things called area effects you can uh, play as a story guide, typically, uh, to impose things like complications or automatic damage uh, in the surrounding area. We didn't do that in this case. Instead, what we did was a multi-tier cave with two antagonists and two protagonists. The antagonists aren't working together, they're not in concert with each other, and they've no reason to like each other. But, Zion's disturbed the Fungal Undead, so the Fungal Undead goes for him, and Luck decided to eliminate the Guhak, and did so very well, albeit not fatally. And so what we got to see was how hits can be used to not only inflict damage, but also to purchase tricks used in combat uh, to disable the enemy. In Luck's case, use tricks to knock down, essentially, and pin uh, our Guhak, and in the Fungal Undead's case, used a combat trick to spread an infection to Zion's, which he's probably going to want uh, looking at quite soon. Anyway, that's how combat works. And at any point, you can really break off and decide, you know what, let's try fleeing now, and that's a completely different action. But that is combat. And I think that it's a simple system. It flows nice and quickly. It took me around 15 minutes to explain all of that to you. That's one round of combat. And most of the time when you're playing it, you're not going to be explaining it bit by bit like I just did. So hopefully it will move a lot faster when you play. The trick is, and that's the operative word here, to know what tricks are available. Note them on your character sheets, the kind of tricks that you use. And they came from, for instance, I had a... Uh, section on character sheets for favoured stunts. It isn't a mechanic in the game, it's just if you're a player and there's a stunt you constantly like going to, add it to your sheet. You can do the exact same thing with the world below. If there's a trick you enjoy, whether it's disarming people, uh, entering into grapples with people, pinning them down, note it and note the number of hits you require to get it and boom, you're already ready and you can anticipate and plan as much as you see fit. Anyway, I will bid you adieu and thank you very much for watching and or listening.